Welcome everyone, it's Tony Nash here from Booktopia, Plugged and Unplanned. And I'm excited today because I have an Australian icon in the studio. Well, in our houses or I'm in the office. And Amir's, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. And congratulations on your new book. Thank you. When did it come out? When was it? When was the pub date? It came out on the 1st of May uh, in time for Mother's Day. Um, we weren't actually sure whether we should release it given the current world circumstances with COVID-19 and, and how releasing a new book would go. But we both felt, well, that's myself, the publisher, Jeff Armstrong and the uh, co-author, co-writer in Reese Humphrey. We just thought it was too topical not to put it out there for people to access if they wanted to. So we decided to go ahead with it. And and how how's it gone? How, I mean, you've had a couple of months now. So have uh, have you been watching sales? Have you had feedback? Um, yeah, the uh, the feedback has been overwhelmingly positive, um, and as it would appear to be quite relatable to a lot of people across many different aspects of life, not just sport, which was what I was really wanting. I wanted to connect on a, a human level as opposed to just an athlete level. And um, and sales have been going quite well. It's, it's not a number one seller, but um, I really wrote the book out of, you know, doing the public speaking circuit, which I know you've been hugely a part of. But everyone said to me when they came to my sessions, do you have a book? Why don't you have a book? You should write a book. So <laughs> I, uh, I fought it for a little while and eventually felt comfortable to to do it because if you're going to you know as you would understand if you're going to do something of this nature you have to be pretty honest and open and be prepared to be honest and open so so i i i call my um, podcast plugged and unplanned uh, but while i was kind of just loading up the computer and thinking about what i you know what where we might go in the beginning i i do have one planned question oh okay was it like a thousand meter sprint or Tour de France. Um, <laughs> Writing the book? <laughs> yeah. Um, from what other people have said to me, it came together very quickly. And I think the reason for that is, one, firstly, I know the co-writer in Rhys Humphrey. He knows me very well, so he knows my story. Even he said um, he didn't know a lot of the stuff that we covered uh, for the content of this book. Um, and he had written a book before, so he kind of knew how to structure it um, and once we met and worked out what we wanted to cover, we broke it into chapters. And then basically we met for coffee, per, one coffee per chapter. And he compiled it after um, just doing the voice record and I looked over it and then we sent it on to Jeff and it probably came together in, in under. There you go. Well, you've, you've got 14 chapters, so that's 14 cups of coffee. Indeed. It's <laughs> pretty cheap, actually. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> that's not bad. That's uh, not bad. Congratulations. No. I, I know it is. Look, when, when it's about yourself um, and you've obviously been uh, speaking in front of people and you've had feedback from people about some of the, the subject matter that you've, you, you're touching on, um, it probably does kind of just roll out fairly easily. Yeah, it does now. Um, but when I first retired and started on the speaking circuit on a more committed level, um, I realized that I needed to put more time into working out how to articulate not just my experiences, but what I learned, how I reapplied it, how I functioned within a team. Uh, and I thought I knew my story. And I actually learned more about myself in that period, um, go, you know, looking back on my career than I perhaps did when I was in the thick of my career. Um, because living it and explaining it to someone are two very, very different things. And even though I'm very analytical and self-analytical in how I operate, I do need to understand something before I can articulate it to you because otherwise there's going to be a loss in translation moment somewhere along the way. <laughs> um, and because I put some time into that process to be able to be a successful speaker, uh, I think the book kind of culminates all of that hard work as well. So, um, yes, it did come out pretty quickly, I think, for that reason. It's interesting. I've, I had to do the same thing because people um, over the years have approached me around entrepreneurship and is starting is starting a company and this is their idea and so forth. And 
and quite often it's pretty automatic what you do it's very much already kind of i mean you you're not you're not on your bike going gee i'll, I'll need to take this corner in this kind of way or, or i need to you know that person is that far ahead or behind it's automatic so to unpack that and to be able to kind of then relay that to someone else takes a, it takes a lot of kind of thinking about what you do automatically um, yeah which is interesting because when i when i talk to kids and when i you know perhaps even talk to friends um you know just in a casual conversation it's it's seriously guys it's about not thinking about it it's about making sure that you consider these things and then try and make them part of your, your your own DNA, the part of who you are, so you don't have to think about it because in the thick of it, and certainly in business, things are happening all the time with the pandemic. I mean, everyone in business around the world has been thrown you know, a curveball out of left field, which, which nobody planned for. Even Australia Post, they had these huge... <laughs> They have every year, you know, these kind of fests where they all get together and they scenario build about what they, what you know, what could happen, what's going to, not once did ever anyone bring up a global pandemic, which is going to kind of play out this way. And so it was just like, oh, well, we've got no, we've got no, you know, kind of plan to kind of pull out of a drawer and go, this is what we're going to do. It was all on the fly. Yeah. And, no instruction manual on it. <laughs> right. So, so when you, I mean, I, I never like to go into a book because the purpose of us talking is about inspiring our listeners to want to go and buy it and read it, of course. Um, and it would be hate, you know, it's kind of like, oh, and the last chapter is about this. So, um, and that's the end. And like, who does that in a movie? No one does, you know, like, who, does he carry? <laughs> who wants to, you know, watch that movie? So without giving too much away, um, and I, you know, I can see some of the chapters here in terms of Beijing, uh, mind games, um, life changing, etc. Is is there something in here that when you think back to what you, you know, what you wrote, know thy thy frenemy, right? So, is there something in here though that you'd like to share today, just to give people a bit of an insight about what you know what you're touching on and that how it might connect with them, rather than simply going, oh, that was a lovely biography. I know more about that person. Um, it sounds like what you tried to put together here because you've called it now. Yeah. Anime is now. It's not. It's not. It's about. It's about what's you know, where you've gone post a you know post a sporting career, and it sa seems like it's going to be more. How can I connect with you know my fellow humans? Yeah. To inspire them. So, you know, give us a little, you know tidbit insight to you know what you feel is kind of in here that you're trying to connect with all of us sure um well to start with um i'd like to say when i retired from rio in 2016 i was actually approached by numerous uh authors and public publications to write a book and i wasn't in the right space to do it mentally emotionally and physically um and when I felt that I was in the right space, it was almost like that door had closed and no one really wanted to compile this book with me. Um, so we kind of went out on a limb ourselves. We, we put it together ourselves. And um, this, as you said, it's called Now. So it's a bit more about life after sport, given the transition challenges and change and the big elements of change around life at that time. But also it's not your um, typical sports autobiography in the fact that it's not chronological it's not i was born here on this day i grew up here i went to school here i started in the sport here it's very pointed at moments in my career that maybe people are familiar with but there's a lot more information around those moments but this book i think fills the gap in between when a lot of people might have tuned into the olympics or the commonwealth games or even the world championships if i was lucky and they were a big fan <laughs> um to those years where they didn't see the hard yards and it's the hard yards that is the common element I think in life and in any element of life um, because when people see me they see winning they see the gold medals they see success but that actually happens far less than any moment I've had of failure of loss of defeat of facing adversity or dealing with change um, and and I think the biggest part that people are going to get from this book is not just the level of humanity in it but the simple fact that it, I haven't done it on my own I've 
really had to be select in who I've asked for help and who has helped me and why in order to develop myself but also structure and work within a team to be successful. Um, and I think that now, hence the title, is a really good time for me to be reflective in that manner, um, to be able to offer something that people can really take and, and use and apply in almost any walk of life. Mm. So that's, that's really interesting. So it must be that um, given that we both do public speaking and you do get people coming up to you afterwards and giving you instant feedback about you know what you just talked about. So it so sounds like um, you must that you must be um, delivering kind of an in insights to to what we're, what's gone on for you that, that that's actually applicable to them in their lives. That's kind of it's more way you wrote it rather than you know da da yeah this is and this is how I won this gold medal and you know I want to thank my team and my team has been like it's it's more it's more than that isn't it, it yeah like it's it's not in any form stereotypical um, of of what we would come to take of sport and sports autobiographies is probably a good way to do it and and interesting like you said with the speaking you know you get a lot of feedback a lot of people come up to you after talks and. And that's how my presentations and my learnings have changed because there have been times where people have asked me a question and I did not have the answer. Like I really had to go away and think of that question and how, how I would answer that and then how I could actually put that into my next presentation so that maybe that's a question someone else doesn't have to ask. Yeah. So, so um, Jerry Seinfeld says that um, if, if public speaking is the number one fear, and you know, death is number two. Um, that at, at a funeral you'd prefer to be in the coffin than delivering the eulogy. Um, is that how having? Um, I mean, I guess the beauty of, of being an elite sports person is that you get to do a lot of media work and you get to do a lot of training, um, whether it's actually through course or just by the sheer fact that you've got a camera and a microphone in front of you often. Um, I get interviewed a lot too, but you know, not as often, I'm sure, and, and certainly not with as much um, um, fan base and and Australians watching me. Um, but did you were you kind of was that transition to public speaking easier because you had a lot of um, media uh, kind of um, experience and and therefore um, you could access the words in the right moments and and kind of. Command the, command the space or was it quite quite a different shift? For me, it was a mixed bag, <laughs> probably leaning more towards a different shift because I was so ready to leave or let go of my sporting career that even just speaking about it, I fought. And, um, you know, Vicky and Barry at ICMI, as you know, have been absolutely wonderful in supporting me um, with the time frame around being capable to speak about moments because you speak to, you, you speak before your time, before you're ready, emotion takes hold and it's too difficult not just to deliver, deliver the message but to compact the message, so to speak. And um, I probably fought it for a good six months and until I started to really do some personal work where I could let go. Um, and when I had, I had my career was 22 years worth of, of dedication. Um, and a lot of people say selfishly in an individual way, but, um, I actually was part of a much bigger team who played a big, big role in that. And it wasn't just letting go of my career. It was the relationships that I'd, I'd lost. It was somewhere to go every day. I didn't miss training, but I missed going to training. Um, but for me, I, I had all the nuts and bolts to be a great speaker, I just needed the time to realise I could be a great speaker, yeah. Do you think that um, people or even your, someone like yourself, there's an assumption that because you've uh, excelled at one thing that you you can naturally be good at all things? Um, is, <laughs> is that more you putting it on yourself or is that, or is that, that <laughs> others' expectations on you? What do you reckon? Well, there's a reason why I chose cycling because <laughs> I am not good at everything. Right. Um, it's, yeah, I, I felt really heavy, the expectation that I thought 
I had from my career and carried through to every other element of my life, be it relationships, public speaking, family, or all the elements. You know, I thought that I had to do it as perfectly as I did in my athletic career. And this is a really good example. Um, my first showcase I did with ICMI, the speaking company, where you go and you present a small version of your keynote to businesses who might, you know, have interest in booking you. Um, I got a 72% rating of excellent. And I went to, to Vicky and I said, this is terrible. How can I get the further 28%? I, I have never performed this poorly before. And she just said, Anna, you are the best rated speaker on the day. And I, I couldn't understand how 72% equaled the best speaker on the day. It just, for someone who has been all about 100% and the small um, margins, I, that just did not correlate. <laughs> so, so when you, like, if you try and, uh, kind of have it flow out to all other areas of your life like do you have like the pb of getting the rubbish out to the street on, <laughs> like, on your street like can you get it out faster than it like do you set those kind of do you still kind of push yourself like ridiculous like are you kind of going what the hell am i doing i'm just taking out the rubbish i don't have i don't have to get a hundred percent it's just taking out the rubbish um, yeah I gotta be I gotta be a bit mindful because there are times even when I'm driving and because I'm I'm a sprinter by my sporting um categorization. So like I see a gap in the traffic and I'll fit there, you know, <laughs> where most people might go, oh, I'll just wait a moment. No, I'm straight in. Um I have actually shied away from competitive moments because I know that that beast will come out and it's not pretty in you know, dining room tables where you're playing, you know, you know, it's yeah. pretty at the Olympics, but it's not pretty in that, in that scenario. So, so great. yeah. Us, us mere mortals can relate to that. Having, if we've ever gone to do like go-karting with your kids and, and then you come out of there and you've got to drive in the car to go back to, to your house or to your, the holiday house, you know, and you, you've got to contain yourself because you, you've got this, you've, you've kicked in something that's, um, that's more than, than uh, than you should really in that in that you know a police officer would certainly remind you of your <laughs> behavior yes that's so great so so now so when you like when you were kind of coming towards the end of your career they talk about succession planning and they talk about um you know in in business like who's going to take over and how who's going to did that all come to a, a flying thud because you were just trying to get to the you know the last big event and then you weren't really thinking about post or had you already had lots of personal pursuits and other things that you could you knew you were going to looking forward to get into or, or was there a huge void uh i was very uh, much looking forward to uh career after sport because i was looking for that fresh lesson, the new circles, the fresh conversations, the new challenges. Um, and I had done all the, the work, the preparation work, as you would, um, to be ready for that moment. What I didn't do the preparation for or realise I needed to do the preparation for was the emotional response to that change. Um, and that smacked me pretty hard. And so much so that all the preparation I had done in a structural sense of where I wanted to take my life actually um, didn't fit anymore. So I had to take a little bit of time to work on that emotional side of things before I could take on those pursuits in that transition. Um, the hardest part I actually found was, was watching my sport without me a part of it. Um, I had been so long on the track that I had never been in the grandstand and or at home watching on TV. And in, in a selfish way, in an in a admission of ego and um, pride, I almost wanted there to be a hole. I, I wanted to be missed in some capacity for the dedication that I had given and the hard choices that I had made over a long period of time. And it, it was like it didn't even, like, trip. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that hurts. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, at the same time, it's, you know, like a lesson on, on how you can look at any situation from totally different perspectives. How nice is it that I could leave my sport after 22 years and it not trip? 
you know, it, that the next generation was was ready to go in in the time that I stepped out. So, yeah. I think that's a really important um, universal thing to, to, to come to terms with. There's people that have left Booktopia over the years. We've been going for 16 years. And I never asked them the question, but I'm sure in their in their minds, not all of them, but some of them would have gone, you watch, once I'm gone, you'll see how you guys will, you know, you'll fall, you'll, you'll collapse, and we just kept going from strength to strength. And I, I know myself now, Booktopia is much bigger than me. And so that if I was to retire and move on or something happened, then then Booktopia would continue to grow. And I think that's one of the the humbling things that you everyone needs to consider that um, it's, it's not really you. You put you're a, a part of it at that time, and at the end, it'll just continue. To, cycling, of course, is going to continue. Um, you you move from athlete to legend. Um, it's a big oh. difference. Um, you know, oh, that's very nice. <laughs> it's, it's like yeah, yeah. I mean, some people are, of course are legends during their their sport. True, true. But quite often, it'll be once you've once you've retired that that's. You're not an athlete any, anymore. An ex-athlete sounds, you know, it's like, yeah, that's really a bit boring. Um, so I think um, that that makes a lot of sense. And I, I think, you know, the purpose of me doing these podcasts is, is always to try and, for, and and from my perspective, is to is what can I learn from this conversation? What can I learn from reading this book? What can I learn from this person that relates to me rather than just simply being entertained and, and coming to the end? And that's what I'm curious because... When, very few of us get to be in your position where you've been in a sport for so long um, and you were and you retired. What did you learn from that? Because even take COVID, for example, take what we're going through right now. I'm sure there's a lot of people reevaluating their purpose. What do they want to do? How do mm. they want to structure their lives? How do they? Um, n- there's nothing guaranteed. Um, so what do I really want with my family? With my, I can't see my friends. I took it for granted. I always catch up with our friends. But no, oh my God, just to see them the other day and spend an evening together, that was just precious. And so all of a sudden, we're all reevaluating the things that are important to us, um, which you would have had to do um, in, in ending your your sporting career and then moving into the now. Into yeah. So well, you see, change is hard, whether it's planned for or whether it's kind of forced on us. And I think change is hard because it's scary. It, it takes us from what we know and are comfortable with and moves us to a space of what we don't know and are uncomfortable with. And, um, you know, for for me with this COVID-19, the biggest thing is is the whole what if factor, the, the fear element that can often drive decisions and pathways um, down a direction that you don't actually want to go because it's, you're being driven by the wrong thing. You don't have the emotional distance to give yourself the logical chance to compute the information, to make the decisions and deal with the situation and the response required for the situation. And and that, that big fear element and, and what if element um, happened a lot through my career. And I think, I think that plus what's happening now is maybe teaching people to be a little bit more present um, which maybe we haven't done so well in the past. Mm, I totally agree with that. So, so out of curiosity, then t- talking about COVID. So you retired in Rio, two thousand and sixteen. How stuffed would have you been if you had to kind of go? Oh, shit, I've got to go for one more year. Like, would have that really stuffed you? Over? <laughs> like, like, I mean, what? Are the <sighs> other I mean, you got you must have friends within the within yeah. The- community that have locked and loaded Tokyo and said all right 2020 that's it that's my glory I'm going out and now oh I've got to wait another year and there's even talk maybe can they even not even do it it must be tough the uncertainty is just almost cruel um, when you think of an athlete in an Olympic capacity that plans for what that one moment every four years Mm. um if it happened in 2016 could I with extend my career by 12 months the honest answer would be no I I don't believe I would have been able to um I was one of those athletes I was on the older end of the spectrum I had a body that was failing me and I was clawing to the finish line as it was now I would have missed out on the opportunity to be a flag bearer I would have missed out on my sixth Olympic medal which would have made me the only Australian athlete to medal in four consecutive games like 
and we're seeing a lot of athletes retire um, at the moment and even a lot of female athletes um, have, have start to have families in this time frame because life does keep rolling. <laughs> um, yeah, so, but, but they're, on the other side of that, there are young athletes that are going, oh, I'm, I'm excited by this. This is True. an opportunity. Um, and so it's, it's, yeah, it's where you're at and how you look at it really. I mean, definitely the the gold, silver, and bronzes are all going to be divvied up different um, than they probably would have been allotted to. Not to say that there is any you know divine Olympic god sitting over the top, yeah. already having made the decisions well and truly before, because I don't think Stephen Bradbury would have been part of that um, equation. So, so I think um, uh, it's just interesting to hear you say that because it's it is. Um, well, it's also reminding for all of us just what what that does to uh, disrupt anyone's lives and how things that do come completely unexpected can change the way that the way that you your life actually ends up going. I mean, so, someone that may have been destined to win a gold medal, which you know more than anyone, what that means in terms of marketing dollars and speaking opportunities and and endorsements and sponsorships, etc. And then all of a sudden for them not to have that chance to get it and they didn't get it through an injury or just simply timing or some you know something else it's it just changes their whole life absolutely yeah big adjustment yeah so so now that you're into the now and you're doing public speaking but public speaking i mean well you're not doing any public speaking at the moment no one is um icmi and everyone's going through a bit of a hibernation but other than that, what are some of the other pursuits that you, I mean, you, you've got family, so that's obviously time consuming, but what are some of the other things that you're chasing down in your life now? Uh, well, on a personal level, I've actually gone back to art school, uh, so I'm painting, and you you would think that being on a start line at the Olympics with a few million people watching is a hairy, scary moment, like a, a, an art room with eight people just to put a mark on a blank canvas is absolutely terrifying for me (laughs) um it's all all new you know I'm the rookie in in that capacity I've gone from being an expert in one field and the rookie in the next field um I I spent some time doing foster care I became a foster parent um because I didn't know that I would have the chance to be a parent myself which I had now have a five-month-old daughter um which is very special but on the work front you know I've I've been able to not just do the speaking but also learn and understand how sport and my experiences in sport can be used as a tool going forward in in many capacities so I'm on the um, advisory committee the sports advisory committee to DFAT for the Indo Asia Pacific region Um, I'm involved with the South Australian Sport Hall of Fame the Commonwealth Games Association and the Tour Down Under uh, just to name a few so um, in, in some ways it's just also learning some new skills and gaining some confidence in that area so that I can can go out and perform like I'm used to, um, just with a whole new set of equipment and a, a new team. Mm. So so that's interesting. So you've you've um, I mean you you're chasing down some personal pursuits like painting. I mean I mean you you can't go wrong. I mean it's there's no right or wrong, it's just you know, it's your creativity. It may may look crap at the end of it or it may, <laughs> it may look brilliant. I mean, but um you know, like that's it's all and and think about how many paintings that are hanging in galleries around the world that are worth millions and we look at them and go seriously i could paint that you know yeah. my, my puppy can paint that um so th- i mean that's obviously worthwhile but is it sounds like that cycling though has not um been where you've been at been pigeonholed you've been able to step up beyond your sport and move into other roles and in other sports and and more you know more advisory bodies rather than just being stuck and and end up being in cycling which i'm sure it happens to some people at the end of maybe they do it by choice but they they want to be a coach and they want to be part of the the cycling management um um committee and and executive but but you're not doing that is that right yeah like i i love cycling um i always have that's why i stayed in the sport so long but i I didn't. I couldn't understand why when I retired, I all of a sudden had a a desire to be disengaged 
from that environment and that sport. Like I still, I'll, you know, I'll ride once or twice a week. I'll ride for a coffee. But outside of that, I'm, I'm not interested at the moment. And it's, it's not that I, that'll be the case forever. It's just at the moment. Mm-hmm. And, um, and because I have been able to experience what I have, learn what I have, lead in some capacity, be a part of a team in another, um, I, I want to be capable of, a few different facets. I, I I will be bored if I just have the one. Um, so it's important to me to to kind of fill the tool bag, so to speak, and then find my favorite tool. So, what's your PB? Can you like ring up and say I'm having a coffee and get there in time fast enough that it's <laughs> being made? Or like, uh, do, you, do you time try yourself and go? I've got three minutes and twenty two seconds and. Um, do you do it come on do you do it no but i am a creature of habit and i have a tendency to go to my local i turn up the same time i sit in the same chair and they don't even have to ask anymore so um it's almost like i don't have to there's no racing element (laughs) i reckon that's a human that's a human thing that people like to do that too i think there's that you just you've got your local you can they'll they'll they know who you are they know that you want this that's that's being human. I mean, yeah. that is being, that's being, and, and out of, out of that being, um, um, being an, an Australian identity, people know who you are. I would imagine most of us would. How, how important is anonymity to, to just be normal, like everyone else and not being noticed and not people coming up and saying hi, or can I have a selfie or can, um, with you and what, how how is that? Have you found that now that the months are and the years are t- kind of ticking over that it's easier because people forget? How does that play out? Well, I I thought that people forgot already, and it it's actually catches me off guard that they haven't um, because I have somewhat slotted into my new skin, so to speak, and it doesn't have a piece of lycra attached to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I actually get caught off guard when people see my name on the credit card and go, oh, you're the cyclist. And, or they go, oh, nice, you're, you're blonde now. You used to be a brunette. You know, your face was very familiar. Um, <laughs> and it's taken me some time to enjoy that. I think I got to a point where I kind of became very, very introverted um, so that that didn't happen. Um, I chose very small number of people that I, I spent time with. I didn't go out much. Um, and now I'm starting to find my feet again with it all, which is actually really nice um, that people understand, firstly, that that happened, but secondly, why. Mm. Mm. So, And were you able to lean on um, other cyclists or sports people that you could kind of have a – pre-retirement conversation or you know does this happen to you is there a bit of a collegiate kind of group that you can kind of have because you've got common experiences you're either won medals I mean Australia's been very fortunate to have many many medals in cycling across men and women so that's um it's not like you're you're just singled out as you know the one who did it in that one sport which we have many people um and in in our sporting history who have that's happened to them so is there is there still that connection is there still a family kind of thing going on absolutely both both in the sporting circle that's current and the one that's past um when i was an athlete i really tapped into people like roger rashid jan sterling um you know even steve war who has very kindly done the foreword of of mm-hmm. my book um but also i have a, a ladies lunch group here that i we catch up with regularly that includes um rachel spawn juliet haslam um the great marjorie jackson nelson margaret rolston Leanne, like sandy Pisani, like to cover hockey basketball athletics um journalism at that table you know you really are just Everyone kind of is on their best behaviour with Marjorie, but <laughs> everyone else is just, um, you know, just a really relaxed kind of safe space where we can support each other, which is really special to be a part of. Yeah, I think that, that that's interesting to hear that because it is a bit of a a, um, a bubble and an odd odd world to to live in for that long, um, and it's it's all it's must be filled with. Um, 
um, inaccurate um, assumptions from the rest of us. Um, the the reality of what you're going through is it's all as I think you mentioned earlier the glitz and the glamour and it's you know, it's mostly a lot of hard yakker. Um, yeah. To, to win a gold medal um, is is you know torture in terms of the prep and and the luck to be injury free to do it all, and the things you've got to give up it's it's enormous well it goes both ways too like you said the, like the world that we i was a part of was a bit odd um i i thought so the supposed normal life was a bit odd because what i knew was normal <laughs> so um i was amazed at you know people who had been to university and owned a house and had you know this wonderful career and had started families like that was odd to me <laughs> so that reassimilation into what was perceived to be normal was um the biggest challenge and, and almost something that i admired so when when you think about that and you think about that you've you've kind of had that part of your life on pause and and uh you coming back to your book because I do want people to be inspired to click the buy now button doesn't matter if you go into your local store um, or or if you buy online from us or anyone else I want people to 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 know about it and you and where you're up to and, and buy a book of course but but when you when you think about because it's now it's not like as you as we've said it's not about your sporting career so so what what is it that um, the reintroduction to, to you know to normal life, as it were, um, family. What 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 can we what can we be doing differently when we wake up and conduct ourselves during the day to challenge ourselves that an Olympic athlete and gold medalist, etc., 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 bring you know what are you bringing to your life that you want us to stop and think and go. Yeah, maybe I, I could be, I could be a little bit more of that. What, what do you, what are your thoughts around that? Um, maybe the book is not about that, but no, but. it is, it is. There's, there's probably a few things that could answer that, but I'll, I'll go with what the theme of the book is based on, um, and that is, as adults, that we have learned in some ways, in some capacity, to, to be unkind to ourselves we have empathy for other people but often we don't have it for ourselves we're we're quick to judge we're um, harsh in our analytics um and our critiquing of our performances and our ability and our friendship circles and our capacity to um integrate with certain circles and and work and business relationships and i brought that judgment from my sporting career into my life when i let it go and it took a moment in my psychology's office um, where she just basically asked me to visualise myself as an 11-year-old child, to go back and, and knock on my childhood door and have that 11-year-old child answer the door and imagine what they would think of who I, who they or who I am now, what I have achieved and how I've gone about it and, and how would you talk to yourself as a, as a young child as opposed to an adult. And... Um, and it was the first time in probably two decades I was able to thank myself for my effort and my work and, and my ability. Because of the nature of my my work, I had been so self-driven and self-analytical, I'd lost the ability to do that. Mm. So I think that's really important element of life for people that they can take from my lessons. Mm, interesting. So, so given that, given we're just now communicating through for a seance with your 11-year-old self, um, how, how much of, now that you can reflect on, on the career and also to where you are today as a mum and, and um, an Australian who probably doesn't travel as much as she used to, even with that, <laughs> um, and how much of it was you were destined, you had the, the bio mechanical makeup to be a gold medalist Olympic athlete like was it do you do you feel like or was it seriously anyone could have done what I did um, if they just were as determined as I was to in the pursuit of being the very best that I could be 
was it was it was it your talent um, or was it mostly hard yakka um, and and a really determined focus because the eleven year old um, had no idea. Um, yeah. um, so what do you reckon now? Do you reckon um, that it was fifty fifty? Hundred percent, eighty. What? How do you feel that? Um, I, I don't think talent was huge initially. Um, I think my personality was big. Uh, that combined with the personality found a passion. And as my parents would have said when I was eleven, I was very stubborn. Um, but as my sports psych told me when I was a bit older, that I probably more persistent is a better way to put it. <laughs> Mm -hmm. um I think those two combinations are good but I think my dad put it really well one day he had a lady came up to him and said how lucky I was to to have done what I've done and he took great offense to that and he said madam it was not luck that my my wife and I drove those children 600k every weekend for two years it was not luck that um she broke her neck and chose to come back it was not luck um that that she found herself in a, in in you know positions that she did and took the the hard road to ensure that she made made the goal at the end of the day mm -hmm. um if if you're talking luck she made it you know he took great offense to that so I, I think that's um that's probably a good way to sum that up and and did she did this lady stop and rethink and go oh uh, <laughs> I never or or is she long forgotten and and was and was offended by the way that she was um, um, brought back down to reality because that that's the truth of it most from I mean if I think about my 11 year old 12 even my mates um, one of my best mates from school he he says how the hell did that little guy from school end up you know doing what you're doing with booktopia and everything else and 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 um, the public's like it it just astonishes him that that I made it here, but it is a culmination of many, many years of of just being at it um, and putting yourself and questioning and reevaluating and learning and making lots of mistakes and yeah and remembering those mistakes and going okay, I learned something from that and I didn't beat myself up and and I didn't quit at that time. That's right. So, so do you think that uh, most of you are like you probably have school friends still? So do they? Do they? I mean, they're obviously very proud of what you've done. They know they knew you from back then, as most of us do, who we know. Uh, you know, Mark Taylor was in my brother's year at uh, Chatswood High, but you know, he wasn't a great cricketer at that time. He was he was captain, but not like he was destined to be captain of Australia. So, do most of you, your friends from back then, go, oh, yeah, oh, you know, Anna, yeah, <laughs> Anna, yeah, you know, we. Is that how you you feel like you were all part of, part of the pack and it took a lot of blood? Because that's what I want people to understand, I think, the most is that you get to, you, I get to have a conversation with someone like yourself, not because um, it's it's a given, but it's it's many, many years of just persisting and being at it. So I, I, I assume yeah, we're all, we're all in with the chance. We're all, yeah. happy. we all, you could have just followed the the same trajectory as your friends and went to uni and and families and did whatever or just been a, a you know an a grade cyclist and done really well nationally and there would have been people that you know who went to the nationals who never went on to the olympics and so forth and yeah yeah well my friends um last time i went home they just said to me anna we knew you were good but we didn't think you were that good there you go. You know, so there's a good reality checker. Huh? That's um, right. But, but also too, you know, when I'm around my friends, they forget. You know, it, it, it takes someone to come up to me and go, oh, Anna, can we have a photo? And then, then they kind of like, oh, that's right. People know you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the beauty of friendships, isn't it? That's what makes them absolutely um, special. The, the treasures that you, that you get to keep, that's, those, that's what keeps you grounded and certainly quite often comments that, you know, bring you back into check. Um, yeah. So, so now is the book, and yeah. I'm so excited for you to have. How many? I must. I should have done my research, and as I said, I'm unplanned, so I don't do much, and I'm not much of a reader myself. I mostly listen to audio books. Have you done an audio version of your book? 
Uh, we don't have an audio version currently, but um, we're, we're discussing that at the minute. Yeah, because it's good when you do it in your own voice. I think people really connect if you get a chance to do it. It's not that thick, so you'll be you'll be there for a, you know a few days, but you'll you'll you should you should do it because it really does help. And there's not all of us. I have ADHD, so um, my uh, ability to concentrate in a book is limited. But I I listen to books backwards and forwards to work, um, and so for those of us that have ADHD, I um, I, I say do one for us. Okay. Um, um, to consider, but so now, and you've done your was or has. What about what about the you know next or then or next? <laughs> yeah, there, uh, do you feel yeah. like you've got a something else you know down the line? I mean, obviously, there's going to be. Sounds like there's a lot of um, senior. Uh, positions that you have in in um, sporting bodies that you're getting getting involved with, which of course um, those that are in the sport will be beneficiaries of your experience and knowledge. But is there is there what's you know the what next? There is a what next. It's still being conformed though, so to speak. Mm-hmm. It's I haven't had much time in the past to just like we spoke about briefly earlier just to be present and I have a very different value on time currently um, as a result of some of the experiences in that book and um, and I'm really just allowing myself to enjoy the time I have at present and where I'm at currently um, but I am also excited for where that time will take me in the future um, because I do have a few few little spanners in the works so to speak mm-hmm. yeah should be good. I mean, that's that's. I mean, it's important, isn't it? It's important to to just because a um, a sporting career has ended, that you um, that you've still got something that's going to nourish you in a different way, but but in ways that the sporting career perhaps could never do, or maybe you can do the same thing, but just with different content. Um, yeah. And that's that's it. without all the competition and a victory dice and. <laughs> And, and yeah, I, I still fight. want to do things that um, that will award me gold medals and will get me on the podium, but they just won't be recognised in that that way anymore. There won't be headlines in the newspaper, um, and it'll just be in the same capacity as everyone else in life. You know, striving to achieve those successes. Um, the wins are rare. I know that, and uh, and I know I'll celebrate them when they happen. Um, but I'm I'm starting to navigate enjoying the challenge of life without sport. Interesting. So so hopefully for those that haven't heard you speak, they get a chance to to do so. I know that Vicky and Barry tell me that you're their best speaker. So <laughs> Oh no they don't. <laughs> they've got you've already in a gold medal position. You're ranked number one <laughs> in my speakers. Well you're certainly very busy according to them. Um, which is and, and in demand, which of course is is wonderful, um, and so. But if people get to hear, because you did, and you have gone through a lot of um, tough um, personal um, setbacks and things that you needed to you needed to you know re- recalibrate, and and it was never a given that you were going to get over them. And t- you talked about your back earlier, but there's various other things that happen in your life and all people's lives and you yeah. you took them on and you 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 won i guess um so it's it's uh, it's great to be um inspired by aussies and successful aussies is that and you're you're certainly one of them and from from my perspective before we close out and 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 i thank you for your time is there anything else before we end that you wanted to share with us or ask of me or or um, um, in a, before we have to close out for the day? Um, well, I guess in terms of, of those listening, I, if you're interested in buying the book, thank you um, because it's everyone has a life and everyone has a story and even if it's just connecting through those moments, through other people's stories, lessons and experiences, then, then I feel like I've achieved a goal there um, so I check a box. Um, so I say thank you to those ahead of time before before that they um, purchase and read the book. 
And um, for for you, I guess, just thank you for for having me a part of the podcast today. You know, like you said earlier, it's you're excited to have me on the show. Like when I am able to speak with and be in the company of people like yourself who worked hard and achieved in in their own circles, it um, it kind of blows my mind. So thank you very much. Oh. I'll tell my dad that you said that. It's his 85th birthday today. so uh, Happy birthday, Dad. <laughs> yeah, be very proud to hear that. When, um, he, he cried when I, when I told him that I made you know, the, the who's who of Australia a couple of years ago. And I didn't have the heart to tell him that it was the smallest entry in the whole of the book, you know, with like about four lines. But it meant a lot to him. So it's, that's wonderful feedback. But um, it's... it's um, Let's just say everyone, Animeers now, it's kind of, I'm going to just say it's a bit of a cheat sheet. Like if you're, if you're wanted to, wanting to be the very best you can be and you've got challenges in your own life and you want to work out, well, how did she do it? You know, what, what was her mindset? How did she kind of take on life and, and the challenges that were thrown at her and what she had to do? If you read this, then... Um, you're going to fast track your way to uh, to to the finish line. How's that? That's um, that's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> that's what that's what we're going to stick with. That's my um, that's my my subtitle strap line. I mean, I can see Steve War says a tale of true grit on and off the track. Steve War. So um, congratulations on a hugely successful career. We, we're all going to be very excited to hear what you do next in your personal life i know it won't be on the front pages of or the back pages of our sporting um and our newspapers but um i know that you'll you'll whatever you put your heart and mind to your success so thanks again for your time and and we look forward to hearing of whatever you do in the future thanks. thank you so much tony thank you for listening to the booktopia podcast channel don't forget you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes for free and get access to hundreds of author discussions, book analysis pieces and more. Or if your eyes need a workout, head to Booktopia TV on YouTube. Don't forget, for all books featured in this podcast and for access to a whole bunch of other fun content on our blog, head to Booktopia, Australia's local bookstore at booktopia.com.au. Thank you.